Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Tambles, Campbells. <laughs> Coming in hot. <laughs> From the Dave Campbell's <laughs> Texas football mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It is Texas football today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas football magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here sitting over there in a shirt that she got for free <laughs> is the Duchess of the Dorks. It's Ashley Pickle. I did. Woman of Fox Sports. There you that go. That is me. That's right. We were on a call yesterday with another woman of Fox Sports. We were. My girl. The uh, the, the the Texas Tornado. <laughs> um, Aaron Hardigan. That's right. We were we were running through some stuff for, for you for what games you're going to be at for Fox Sports Southwest in the fall. So I guess you got a contract. Yeah, they're they're kicking you off, bud. <laughs> no, I'll be fine. Don't worry about me. Today is Tuesday, July 14th, 2020. 135 days till Thanksgiving, episode 992. 992, the Don Stanhouse episode. We're getting so close, man. We are. On today's show, we'll, well, I'll tease that in a second. On today's show, we got some headlines, including a pretty seismic move in Texas high school football and what it could mean mm-hmm. uh, for one school district. And at the very and what could the ripple effects could have for the entire state of Texas? We'll get in that in the back half of the show. As uh, as as Pickle likes to say, get in, losers. We're, we're going, going to summer camp. Going to summer camp. <laughs> we're going to talk TCU. Talk about the TCU Horned Frogs. Uh, talk about what they're uh, what they're going to look like in the 2020 season. We will have that coming up here in the back half of the program. First things first. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Rob Hathaway, Tony Blaylock, Andrew Christensen, and Ed McElroy. Welcome okay. in, fellas. Hi, guys. Okay, so yesterday, if you missed the end of yesterday's show, we had a pretty big announcement. We sure did. A pretty big announcement. That's July 31st, Friday, July 31st. That is two weeks from Friday mm-hmm. to give you, right? Yes, yeah. two weeks from Friday. Yep. July 31st will be episode 1000 of this dumb show. Texas football today will turn 1,000 on Friday, July 31st. As a result, we are doing a big dumb show, mm-hmm. and like it's, really big. It's and really dumb. really big. We are going to be broadcasting for seven hours 
Seven hours, starting at 9 a.m., going all the way until 4 p.m. straight. Seven um, hours of Tepper. Seven hours of broadcasting. Uh, we are going to be raising money for charity during that time. We are going to have big-time guests. I can we can we peel back the curtain on that <clears throat> sure, portion yeah, just a to. little bit? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't mind. So the big-time guests, we have told everyone on the editorial team to try to get the biggest guests that they possibly can. But the catch is Tepper doesn't know no. who the guests are. We are completely – and I'll tell you what. We started – I made a rundown yesterday – we got in a group chat without Tepper and started talking about guests. And oh, I didn't were, know there was a group chat. Oh, we were oh, talking crap. for hours last night on this stuff. Uh, and let me tell you, these like the editorial guys, they are they're going all out. They are very very excited. Right. But Tepper's not going to know who any no. of them are. We're completely shutting the door no, out on no, him. No, I will know. I will know some of the <laughs> a guests. A couple of them, like, yes. Because I'm going to book some of them. Like uh, I think we'll probably need to have Craig Way on the show at some point. Yeah. I think that's fair, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so we're going to have Craig Way on the show um, and, and things like that. But uh, yeah, I I'm being left in the dark on a lot of this, and so the surprise guests are going to be surprises for both you and I. Yes, it'll be great. Um, so uh, we will make sure we uh, make sure you are by the channel July 31st. Um, and yes, to answer questions on here, we will be taking some days off to hit 1,000 yeah. on July 31st. I'm going to be you out got a on vacation, vacation for a little bit and stuff, so we'll let y'all know when those happen. We've, but we don't worry, be, we did we did yeah. not we did not pick this. We're name not out of a hat. that bad at math. We are journalists, but we're we not that bad at math. We didn't pick this name out of a hat. We we decided on July 31st after counting the days and going, okay, this would be 991, 982. Yes, we are. We will hit episode 1,000 on. Friday, July 31st, <laughs> which means that, yeah, we're going to have some days off between now yeah. and then. So Andrew Christensen wanted to know if Matt Stepp will wear his big, dumb hat for the big, dumb show. Not a bad idea. Stepp will not be on the show. Well, not. Well, I mean, we could record. We could record. Anyway. We well, could record. <clears throat> we're going to need to do some recorded segments because I... Um, I'm going to need to eat. I'm going to need to eat. I'll and I'm going to need to <laughs> use the restroom and yeah. things like that. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway. Because toilet paper is an intimate, uh, or what did you say? It's an intimate product. Yeah, intimate product. Okay. Let's start by talking about some headlines across the state. And this was something that came down last night, and it's probably one of the things that may f- slide under your radar. But let me put it firmly on your radar because I think it has big, far-reaching implications for Texas high school football. Mm-hmm. Last night, Fort Bend ISD, uh, down in the Houston area, announced that they will start the 2020-2021 school year entirely online. Uh, that means that they will go, uh, let's see, I, I don't, I, I didn't see the, um, the time, but basically until after Labor Day. Uh, is is the plan that they are going to be entirely online up until after Labor Day? Labor Day is on uh, July or September seventh. Now, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. They also made a very key point to note that that would mean that there would be no extracurricular activities during that time while they are one hundred percent online. Now, Fort Bend ISD is a large school district in the Houston area. It yes. is. It has eleven high schools that play high school football, including Fort Penn Marshall, who has played for a title the last two years. Um, Fort Penn ISD is a large school district. We have seen this from El Paso. El Paso had said that they were going to, uh, there was a city ordinance that said that they were going to um, have to delay the opening of schools until after Labor Day. And we saw this in Laredo as well. That is 
about, uh, call it 50 schools, okay? 50 schools that are saying we are not going to be able to have extracurricular activities until after Labor Day. So what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What that means is much more than that they're just not going to be playing football up until uh, July or September 8th. What that means is that they could not, under the current UIL rules, they could not play a football game until 24 days after they start practices. And so if they start practices on the 8th, that means the first day that they could play a game would be on October 2nd, Friday, October 2nd. That is significant. That is significant because basically what that's saying is a large school district in a major metro area with 5A teams is saying, all right, we're out until October. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a couple of things that we don't know. We have not heard from the UIL on any of this. We have not heard from the UIL in, in a while. Basically, aside from they sent an email to coaches saying they are presently still planning on having the season start and operate on time. They also they, they let out the thing about the uh, that they were working with still having extracurriculars yes. during the online classes yes. too. They, they announced that you would be eligible. That was the last one. Yeah. They said that if you opt to be online, you can still be eligible to play UIL sports. You're not ineligible if you are online, but it would still be up to the school district if they would let you play for on the team. Right. But otherwise, we haven't really heard from the UIL. But I'll be honest as somebody who covers high school football and is relatively familiar with the way that things operate, that's a big domino. That's mm-hmm. a big domino because it would not be a surprise to see a number of other Houston area school districts, mm-hmm. Houston ISD, KDISD, uh, um, um, uh, you know, other big school districts around there, uh, Pearland ISD, right? It would not be a surprise if you were to see more school districts follow suit this is uh, from what i understand and if you you can read articles about this but basically right now there's just a lot of people waiting to see who's going to act first and i think last night was a pretty significant um domino as far as football starting on time um i think that i think you're going to see school more schools follow suit plain and simple and it's going to be, I know Round Rock ISD has kind of, they sent something Round Rock in, in the Austin area. They sent a letter to the TEA asking them to basically, basically saying we want to do the same thing, but we want your permission first mm-hmm. is kind of what they said. Um, and so look, if you're talking about actual scheduling, that is, I would say, a pretty significant uh, domino that has fallen. Mm-hmm. At this point... It's now kind of in the UIL's hands of how they want to handle that. And do they say, okay, well, if you just want to delay, then that's fine. Everybody else can play. Or do they say, we want to delay everything? Or or, or what? We are still waiting to hear from Austin. Mm-hmm. We're still waiting to hear from Manor Road in Austin to see what happens, um, what the UIL says. But that, in my mind, when that came across my Twitter feed, that felt like a big domino yes. as far as what the 2020 Texas high school football season is going to look like. Well, and you could assume too that I mean, it's not just Houston ISD schools like 
or in the Houston area, I would I would assume that you would start looking into the other major San Antonio, Dallas, the like the major metroplex areas to probably follow suit. Yes, um, I would agree, and 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 I, that's kind of something I've thought is a real possibility for a while now, which is that you're going to see these large school districts because they, you know, look, what's happening. We, we talked with the coach at Motley County, Mike Bigham yesterday, like Motley County is a very, very small school. Right. Um, and the challenge for the UIL is to find a rule, find some sort of plan that is fair to everybody mm-hmm. whether you are allen or whether you're motley county right so absolutely but this is a this is a significant domino so keep an eye on this keep an eye on <laughs> keep an eye on school board meetings yeah <laughs> this sounds weird to say but keep an eye on school board meetings because those are going to be very critical here in the coming days uh, and weeks. I so, especially as we get closer and closer, it really comes down to a small decision sometimes mm-hmm. rather than a big one. It's not. Yeah. The UI, everyone's waiting for the UIL to drop a big bomb. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you that what Fort Bend ISD did last night is a pretty sizable shakeup. And I wonder what that kind of portends for the future. So there's that. Another thing that came down yesterday is the university of texas has announced a number of campus-wide changes Mm -hmm. in the wake of kind of the growing uh civil rights social justice uh movement across the state of texas or rather across the nation rather um that we've got a piece up on texasfootball.com shahan Raja has uh has a piece up there about the university of texas and um they've addressed a, a number of racial inclusivity measures that the athletes on the um the student athletes on the football team uh were clamoring for one of them is that they are going to uh rename joe jamail field mm-hmm. it is presently Joe Jamail Field at Daryl K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium. There's a long name. (laughs) Long name. But anyway, uh, with the Jamail family's blessing, uh, they are going to rename Joe Jamail Field after Heisman winners Earl Campbell and Ricky Williams. It's going to be named after that. There's also going to be a statue erected for Julius Whittier, who was the first black uh, football letterman uh, Mm -hmm. that will be at at Daryl K. Royal as well. They're going to be renaming a couple of academic buildings, um, as well, and they're going to allocate a portion of athletic revenue to record and support or recruit and support uh, black students. Um, one thing that they they stopped short of, and you remember this was a big a big talking point back in June, was about um, the eyes of Texas. Mm-hmm. The eyes of Texas has a let's say checkered um, origin story, mm-hmm. um, but the uh, the uh, the eyes of Texas will remain there uh as the uh, as the the fight song for uh for university of texas uh this is a quote from ut president jay hartzell uh he says um uh, it is my belief that we can effectively reclaim and redefine what this song stands for by first owning and acknowledging its history in a way that is open and transparent Mm -hmm. so there's some major changes coming at the university of texas uh in the wake of uh in the wake of the death of george floyd and the uh the the movement uh uh going on across the nation so that is certainly something to keep an eye on couple of things I want to direct you to on TexasFootball.com. One of them is we've got a great piece up from one of our, um, one of our interns. Yes. One of our interns, uh, Chris Amaya. Chris Amaya, 
makes his TexasFootball.com debut. Congrats, Chris. Uh, with a story about Brad Schupbach. Uh, he is the head coach at Dallas Lutheran. Um, I'm probably butchering his name. Schupbach. Uh, shoot buck he is a um a state championship uh, he led dallas lutheran to state championships he is also a firefighter with the Euless fire department it's a really interesting story i encourage cool you to check out on texasfootball.com uh, one other story i want to point out is that we are continuing our series on sleepers sleeper spotlight mm-hmm. and ish ishmael johnson wrote a story uh today uh, about flatonia the bulldogs uh, under coach chris freitag they have been headed uh Pointed up, and this could be the year they have that big breakout year. Uh, our sleeper spotlight this week is on Flatonia, so please go check that out. That is on TexasFootball.com. A lot of good stuff on Texas. Yeah. Also, don't forget to check out the forums. Those yes. are up and fully running and very cool. We've got the subscriber one that you can go onto the concourse, or we've got the free um, high school and college slash recruiting one. So don't forget to check those out. Those are really popping and they're fun and they're cool to look at. So don't forget that's on there. Uh, yes, that is the. Uh, it is. It is. TexasFootball.com is popping. As they say, as the kids say, <laughs> right? Did I use that right? Yeah. Young Grandpa. person. Young person. Good, good job, Gramps. You're doing well. How do you do, fellow children? Oh, no, no. Okay, move on to your your spiel. We are Texas football today. We're here every <laughs> weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football on the Lone Star State. And follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com and go to TexasFootball.com slash insider uh, to get this bad boy mailed to you. TexasFootball.com slash insider. Become a Dave Campbell's TexasFootball insider. Get a gift for your sweetheart mm-hmm. for my anniversary. Did you... Uh, TexasFootball.com <laughs> slash insider. Is that- subscribe. TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Is that a Tep Wife's gift? You gonna you gonna throw her a DCTF magazine? <laughs> Tep Wife's gift is that I am going to shut up. Right? Isn't that wow. isn't that the nicest thing I can give her? Can I get that on like my birthday next year? <laughs> well, we can work on it. It's fine. <laughs> I have one very special lady in my life. That's, yes, you know, absolutely. You, you and I, I don't know if I no. can do that for you. All right, let's get in the car. Get in, losers. Let's pack up. And let's head to summer camp. We're going through our 12 FBS teams in the state of Texas, taking a look at what their 2020 football season could look like. We are going from west to east. We've arrived in Funky Town, Yeehaw. in the fort. We're in Fort Worth, <laughs> talking about TCU Horned Frogs. And so, let's start with the state of the program. And look. Gary Patterson is entering his 20th season as the head coach at TCU. Okay. 20 seasons. As far as foundations are concerned, it is hard to find. (laughs) It is hard to find a stronger one in the state of Texas than TCU. TCU has been over the course of the last two decades, consistently like consistently between solid and excellent okay now the last couple of years it's either pretty darn good or bit of a bit of a bit of a (laughs) bit of a downslide okay bit of a downslide you remember last year uh, they went five and seven Mm -hmm. um and this is a team that if you it depends on your scope right the, 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 talking about TCU is a, is a matter of scope. 
if you're talking big picture, TCU's on solid footing. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing to panic about. If you want to zoom in, then you could say, okay, yeah, there are some, some issues. Pieces. There are some pieces that are missing, and there's some, there, you know, it has not been up to their standard the past couple of years. I think that's fair. But it kind of depends on do you think that the short-term trend is going to continue or do you think that you're going to have a, a regression to the mean, which is generally very good. Mm-hmm. So the state of the program, I would say, at, tech, at TCU is just fine. And there's nothing. I don't think there's any reason to panic, but I understand if TCU fans are frustrated about the past couple of years. There's that. Also, Andrew Christensen made a fantastic point. Uh, please refer to him as country music star Gary Patterson. Country music star Gary Patterson. Get it right. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about the offense. Because that was the big issue. Yep. And has been the big issue. Basically since Trevon Boykin left. The offense has been riding the struggle bus. And we don't... And and a big reason why... Look, plain and simple. A big reason why is that um, they do not have a quarterback. Quarterback. They don't have a quarterback that they feel very comfortable with. They don't have a quarterback that they feel like is going to be uh, their guy. Uh, Now... Look, they think they got one. Mm-hmm. They think they got one in Max Duggan. And at times last year, I think there were moments where you saw what they were talking about. You're like, mm-hmm. okay. As a freshman, that there were some there were some real there was some real promise there. You could see it, right? But the bottom line is that until you go out there and you do it consistently, mm-hmm. it's hard to expect like that much improvement. Now, I would argue that as big of an issue coming back for the offense this year is going to be the offensive line. Yes. The offensive line is losing three starters and three key starters. Now, they bring back Corey McMillan at the center position, and I think that that will be an important piece for them. But they were – that offensive line has some holes to fill. Furthermore, and I hate to keep crapping on the TCU offense – Furthermore, the receivers are going to need an overhaul. Okay, Um, they have a lot. They are losing a lot of key pieces, including Jalen Rager. Mm -hmm. Jalen Rager is gone, and he was by far their best weapon last year. Absolutely, no, no doubt about it. And so they had. Now they've got some pieces that I like. I like the tight end pro Wells. Uh, Travalence Hunt from from Texarkana. Uh, They have very high hopes, and understandably so, for Tay Barber. Um, they've got some pieces there, but that's still a bit of an unknown, at least from a number one position. If they do have a spot that I'm super bullish on them, it is at the running back spot. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, TCU has maybe, I mean, Oklahoma State has Chuba Hubbard, right? They have the number one guy. But if you're talking about a stable of running backs and both top-end talent and depth, it's going to be hard to top TCU. Okay? They've got DeMarco Foster, who we're crazy about. They've got Darwin Barlow, who was among the best players in, in, that, uh, in, in, in the class of 2019. They've got them. They're adding in Zach Evans. Mm-hmm. They're adding in Zach Evans. This is a super high ceiling stable of running backs that suddenly could be really, really ta- like potent. 
that is my question, is can they put it all together? That's a lot of question marks for an offense that was not good last year, but you can see the answers for them. Right. And if they are answered in the affirmative, suddenly you could see that leap. And I think that that offensive line is quite literally the biggest key piece that needs to come because you're going to have Duggan that at least has a year of experience under his belt and with that core of running backs that can do something. If that offensive line can figure it out in the first few weeks, well, and the other, it could all come together. There's also a lot of changes that have happened on the sideline or in the booth, so to mm-hmm. speak. Um, they kept Sonny Cumbie, but they're bringing back Doug Meacham. And if you remember, under Trevon Boykin, when they were having their best years, it was the Meacham and Cumbie combo player. Yes. They are also adding in Jerry Kill. Jerry Kill, the former Minnesota head coach, who is like, I think they're like, like he and Patterson are like best friends. Yeah, there was. They're like super good buddies. Wasn't he in a wet, like one of the weddings? Yeah, he was like, yeah. In yeah, his I wedding, think, I think. I, yeah, I think he was like his best man, man at his wedding or yeah. something. It's crazy. But they, anyway, Jerry Kill is now more or less like, he's an off-field assistant, but in many ways, it's kind of like, He's like the head coach of offense. Yeah. There's like a lot of moving parts there. If they can all settle in, it's easy to see this TCU offense taking not only a step, but maybe a leap. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Let's break down the defense. The defense, under rightfully so, has a reputation for being one of the best in the Big 12. Yes. Last year, I think that there were times where they disappointed, right? Uh, especially when you're talking about a game against like uh, SMU, I think they're, that that they 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 disappointed against them. But overall, the defense I would say was not the problem last year. No. And now you take a look at the defense, and I'll tell you that they look like those vintage Gary Patterson defenses, mm-hmm. at least where the strengths are aligned. What I mean by that is when I think of great. TCU defenses, I think of linebackers and safeties. Yes. And between Garrett Wallow, between Trevon Morig, between LaKendrick uh, Van Zant, between Ardarius Washington, that group is really, really impressive. Really impressive. And has a chance, I think, to really make some noise. Now, the front, I think, is, I don't know. The defense tackles I like. I like Corey Bethley a lot. Uh, I think that um, I'm actually pretty high on, 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 on Terrell Cooper as well. Mm-hmm. The ends are a bit of a mystery. The rush ends are a bit of a mystery. And I want to see them take that step forward. But everyone else, everywhere else, there's a lot to like about this TCU defense. And there's plenty of reason to believe that it'll be a return to form. Mm-hmm. For that TCU defense, especially because again, and maybe I'm just like you know, I, I just have you know, uh, halcyon views of the when they ran to the Rose Bowl, but like the strength of that team was at the secondary and it was at the linebacker spot. Well, and they've got like you said, they've got a lot of experience returning yeah. on that. So if they can, the other thing too is after last year when they couldn't get anything going offensively, the moment that they do start getting something, that's going to pump that defense up, and then the experience comes into play, and they yeah. could be perfectly fine. So, let's talk about breakout player. My breakout player, I'm going to go with an offensive lineman. All right. I know. I, I, you like thought I was going to go with Zach Evans. I know you thought I was going to go with nah. Zach Evans. I think it's Garrett Hayes, the freshman from Athens. He is one of the best offensive line recruits that they have ever brought in at TCU. Mm-hmm. And I think he's got a chance to see the field early. I think he slides in at guard. 
I think he is. He, I think he can step up and be a guy who contends for a spot for contends for playing time there on the TCU offensive line. They need his help. I think he could step up, and this is a guy I I think could be one of those all freshman type guys. I really like Garrett Hayes. I think he's ready right now. He's walking onto campus at six five two ninety two. That's ready for game time. Yep, ready for game time. So Garrett Hayes is my uh, breakout pick. Let's talk about worst case scenario. I think it's kind of easy to see the worst case scenario with all the things we talked about with the offense, which is just basically like it doesn't click. And like that, yeah. something, the offensive line doesn't figure it out. Max Duggan gets hurt, or they have a, or they just you know like they 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 can't figure out like or he takes a step back. Mm-hmm. Nobody steps up in the receiver core. The offense takes a step back or stays at at kind of the levels it was last year. The defense wears down. And they have a third straight losing season for the first time in the Gary Patterson. I think, yeah, I think it all comes down to Duggan. I TCU, I mean, you even go back to the time when they had, like, uh, what, Josh, not Josh, 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 I don't know. Uh, anyway, Dobson, there it is. You go back to like those times and they had those core receivers and stuff, but man, they've been struggling when it comes to quarterbacks for the past couple of years now and trying to do the transfer things or bring in new people. And it's like, man, I know that TCU fans, all that they are wanting is for a quarterback situation to actually work out. So I think that the, a big part of the worst case scenario could depend on how Duggan plays out. I entirely agree. So it's easy to see how that, and at that point, you look at the schedule. Um, and look, I mean, obviously the schedule's up in the air. We don't know what the Big 12's going to do. But if you look at the schedule, um, you know, this is a team that I think would be, you know, they're not going to play. We know that they're not going to play at Cal. But if you're looking in the conference schedule, a lot of their road games, uh, like they get a lot of their toughest games at home, right? They do have to go to Texas, but they get Oklahoma at home. They get Oklahoma State at home. They get K-State at home. Um, they get Iowa State at home, if you consider that a tough game. They do have to go to Baylor, and they have to go to Texas. Other than that, they're at West Virginia, okay, and they're at Kansas, and they okay. really do fill up the Carter pretty well. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. people people show up. Well, who knows what's going to look like in the fall? But anyways. also, well, if they do show up, <laughs> so there's that. So anyway, but anyway, my worst case scenario would probably be something along the lines of, and it's I know it's hard to say because they've already had game canceled. But let's work under the assumption that that they played the schedule as con- constructed. They have 12 games. Um, worst case scenario would probably be something like f- five and seven, something like last year. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario. Best case scenario is that all of the, the exact opposite of that offense happens, right? <laughs> Where everything works, they figure out the offensive line, Duggan takes that step forward, maybe somebody like uh, uh, Travalence uh, Hunt uh, or maybe a guy like uh, like Tay Barber step up and be that big-time receiver. Mm-hmm. The running game gets going behind that stable of running backs, and they go from like wor- one of the worst offenses in the Big 12 to like top of the, top of the table. That's very feasible. Mm-hmm. Then... The defense does its part, right. and the defense continues to take a step forward simply because they're not on the field as much. Mm-hmm. I think nine or ten wins is not outside the realm of possibility for TCU if oh, things yeah. break right. If things break right, I think that's possible. Now that's on the that's the ceiling, right? That's the high end of it. I don't mm-hmm. think right now, July fourteenth. Do I think TCU is a Big Twelve title contender? No, but are they in the hunt? Like, could could you see them kind of getting up into that upper echelon? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I can absolutely see that. How far down in the schedule is that uh, Is that Baylor game for them? That in, game is on. They are, it's October 24th. So that'll be game number seven. Yeah, see them, that's, I mean, that's their biggest rival. Whether they're contenders or not for the title, them going down to McLean Stadium and having a really high faluted game there, that would 
That'd be a big that would be a big best case scenario. If they for could them. do that, that would be that would be really really good. So uh, that is summer camp. TC, thanks. Please make sure you um, tell your counselors that they're doing a good job. I don't know what else you do at camp. Did you ever I was go to camp to, as a kid. <laughs> I was supposed to go to camp uh, in a couple weeks, but it got oh, canceled. Oh yeah, that stinks. Anyway, and now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Um, when we were talking about the 1,000th episode and, and uh, guest and stuff like that, I know this was one of our trivia questions one time for a sticker, but I can't remember. Allison Brown asked, who was the very first guest on TFT? The very first guest on TFT was Ricklin Holmes, the head coach yes. of John Tyler. Yes. One of our very favorites. He's a good dude, and he was the he was guest number one. Uh, we, w- If you go back to those first shows, mm-hmm. we were we didn't want to be like a talk show. We wanted to be like an interview show. And so we would we had like first of all I think we started doing like an hour every day which was too much and we would book like three guests a day. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Now <laughs> let's turn that back. A and bit. now we're really half-assed. <laughs> I mean we are mailing it in, baby. <laughs> That's how you get the 992 episodes. Uh yeah. So he was Ricklin Holmes was the very first guest. Very cool. Okay. That's gonna do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. We got powers tomorrow, right? Yes, in the uh, I would turn it around to the power zone, but the camera's not on. But in the Greg Powers Memorial Powers Zone, he's coming in. Oh no, I guess he's not. I forget that we're not doing normal life things anymore. I just want to see people, man. <laughs> you and me both, lady. That's gonna do it for us. Thanks for being a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For Ashley Pickle. I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.